0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers' Journey Through the Wormhole with Quark, Dax, and their good friends, Tom and Harry, of course. Join us as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Your hosts along this journey are Terry Farrell, our enchanting science officer, Armin Shimmerman, our beloved entrepreneur, Garrett Wong, our forever ensign, and myself, your favorite helmsman, Robert Duncan McNeil. Today we have Armin with us. Good to see you again. Thank you. Thank you. Of, of course you're here for the Negus episode. Of course I'm, I am. Of course I am.
1: There's,
2: there's you no one else.
0: to be here
2: for this Negus episode. Armin, I'm just going to start right off the bat. Is this the beginning of the rehearsals at your house was for this one, or later on did it start happening?
1: No, sir. Earlier on. Early on. That's yes, what I Earlier thought, yeah. Okay. It, was, it wasn't just that I was working with Ferengi. I also yeah. worked with Renee. I, re, I worked with Odo uh, wow. before these episodes. Um, it, it, it's my theatrical background. I, yeah. I, you know, we don't get enough rehearsals on the day of yeah. the shoot. So mm-hmm. I just, uh, and, and the prosthetics made things difficult. So
2: yeah.
1: I just wanted to be ahead of the curve. All
2: right.
1: Good for you. Garrett, right. I don't know if you know this, but I rehearsed this podcast on my own. Really?
0: I actually, yes. I spend all weekend rehearsing this podcast I, I, so I could be prepared.
2: Did so know you get that. all your
1: lines correct you, the first time. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So while you're rehearsing, do you also play
0: me and I Armin you and Terry and Armin as well? and Terry, yes, So I you do. talk to yes. yourself. That's wonderful. I have to, but it's, <laughs> yes.
1: I, I don't care how you play me, but I'd love to see how you play Terry.
0: Yes, <laughs> I'd like to see that. Okay,
1: that'll be a bonus feature we will yes. release.
0: Um we got to talk about some birthdays, all right? We've got okay, okay. Uh, a few birthdays uh, uh around this episode. Here mm-hmm. we've got Lee Lyle on February 13th. Happy birthday, Lee. Happy birthday, Lee Lyle. Happy birthday,
2: Lee. lee Lyle, it's so easy, it just comes trippingly off my tongue. Yes. And also we must say happy birthday to Paul Johnston, February 13th as well. Happy birthday, Paul. Happy,
1: happy birthday, birthday, Paul. Paul.
0: Mm-hmm. And another birthday on February 13th, Rich Gross. All Also on February 13th. Happy Happy birthday. birthday
1: Happy birthday.
0: We have one more
2: birthday. Holly Smith, happy birthday to you. February 16th. Holly, we love you.
0: Happy birthday, Holly. Happy birthday, Holly. Okay, let's talk about this episode, The Mm -hmm. Nagus. Uh, Mm -hmm. We can start with our poetry synopses. I will will start with my limmer. just to kick. To kick it off Do it. here we go my poetry synopsis for the nagus the grand nagus arrives from afar and makes quark the new nagus bizarre jake's behavior needs a troubleshooter though he's just nog's school tutor in the end quarks back to running the bar oh oh wow that's, that was, that's nice. a nice thank one you. yeah no, thank you thank really you. tight
2: really tight all right here's my haiku for the nagus the Negus has landed. Nagus Cork must watch his back. Rom has a backbone.
1: Oh okay. good. Very yes, good. He does. It's very actually, I think it's the first time we see uh, Rom's backbone. Yes uh, yeah. it,
2: that he has some resolve in him, right?
1: It's like, my goodness. I want to hear the definition. I, what did you choose to define? I thought this word was made up. Uh, but I decided to look it up anyway, and I was enormously surprised. What? There yes. is a word uh, that me- that is negus. Yes. It comes from the old Scottish dialect, and ironically, it means a miserly person. Interesting. I had no idea that's what the word meant. None it's whatsoever a until yesterday word. when I looked in my. Oxford English Dictionary went, oh my god, there is. It's a very small citation, but there it is. A Scottish, an old Scottish word, Nagus. Now that you say
0: Scottish, it sounds kind of Nagus.
2: Well, Nagus. Is it (laughs) it pronounced differently in Scotland? Does it rhyme with Haggis? So is it the Nagus? Nagus. Maybe. uh, Maybe.
1: I'm going to get in the weeds here very quickly. Okay, Pronunciations okay, have changed radically over the course of, because this first yeah. the citation was in the 1500s that I found oh, in the OED. It's the Middle Ages. So, yeah, it's uh, a while ago.
2: Yes. Well, no, not even that. It's, uh, yeah.
1: No, it's, before, it's after the Middle Ages. It's after the Middle but, Ages. Uh, but um, but it could have been there during the Middle Ages. But but pronunciation oh, yeah. of words have changed radically. It's what makes the teaching of Shakespeare so interesting, because mm. the words, the sound of the words has changed over the course of 500 years. Yeah. yeah. Minds yeah, so- person. Did it have a pronunciation in the OED for that or? Uh, If it did, I couldn't read it. Actually, I don't remember there being a pronunciation key for it. But but that's one of my uh, failures. I don't know how to read a pronunciation key, so. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Nagus. it's, It's amazing that it's a real word. And I'm curious if the writers actually found it as a real word and then used it, or if they just made up a word that happened, like you said, coincidentally
1: to be yeah i, I always thought it was a rift on magus uh which means a, a, a miraculous uh uh conjurer uh-huh. or or someone of uh that sort uh so i always thought it was that that's why yesterday was a total surprise when i looked it up and went oh my god it doesn't wow. actually mean what it could mean a, wow. a miserly person
2: armin magus means magical conjurer is that yeah what you said?
1: Uh, a magus okay. is somebody who who's a. it doesn't have to be Per se magical, but originally it had that connotation. It was a magical conjurer, like mm. Merlin would be a magus. Okay, interesting. So,
2: so then you could say a negus magus is a miserly magical.
1: You could conjurer a negus magus. 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 Yeah. Okay. But uh, please don't write that in a script where I have to say it. So yes. <laughs> no tongue twisters, please, especially yes. with springy teeth we don't it's want it to go precisely there. yes
0: all right so all right. we've got we got teleplay by irons iris Stephen bear mm-hmm. uh yeah is this the first script i've seen his name on or do i just not remember i have a bad memory I think, I, I think he's think been on
1: others it, before
0: uh but uh, but, but it's, not
2: teleplay maybe maybe you know? not
0: teleplay yeah yeah i feel like this may be the first script yeah and what i find fascinating is the story yes from david Livingston. oh
2: my god i i I flipped when i saw that i said what i know he sold this story to to the right oh
0: and he directed it and and he he directed directed it yes exactly and and i do want to say this is the first time he's directed your
1: show this is the first one that I recall. It uh, could be, yes. I, I would have to go back and check my notes, but it could be.
0: But yeah, very unusual for David Livingston, who was a producer. He was a line producer. Supervising. A,
1: producer. a supervising
0: producer. And then turned right?
1: supervising producer mm-hmm. and then turned director. And I believe has directed more Star Trek episodes than anyone else. Although I think Franks Frank's may be breaking that record. but um, but um, But certainly for years, David had directed yeah. more Star Trek episodes than anybody else. So yeah. he's DGA, WGA, and PGA. Is that right? Probably. While well, we were on the strike line, told me he was also SAG. And SAG SA- after. He's yeah. SAG wow. as well. Yeah. Gosh.
0: He did a little of everything. Well, I, I have to just give my opinion about this. Yes. As I watched it, it's my favorite direction so far on your series. Interesting. Including the pilot. I thought hmm. David did a phenomenal, Phenomenal, detailed job with transitions, with shot making. It just didn't feel like meat and potatoes. He had a point of view and was doing some really interesting things. And I'll bring up some of them. But I think David did a phenomenal job with this. And possibly because he was also
1: invested in the story as a story creator. So Yeah, exactly. And he had seen probably more episodes than than any director before him or perhaps after him. Because I'm sure as a line producer, he got a chance to... uh, to look at uh, at, at uh, certainly the episodes and maybe even some of the editing, who knows?
2: My overall takeaway from this episode is a couple of things. Number one, the amazing job that Bob Blackman did on all the wardrobe for all the different Ferengi, for yeah. all the different, just overall, just the first you know season alone already, I've seen some amazing, amazing wardrobe creations by Bob Blackman, and this episode yeah. definitely has them. And secondly. All the scenes with the Ferengi, because of your rehearsal, I can see the benefits of the rehearsal. Because Absolutely. you guys are so tight, your timing is is impeccable. Everyone's working off of each other, and this episode flowed so well for me. I really, yeah. really enjoyed watching this. Thank That's you. My overall, I,
1: yeah. One of the obvious examples, uh, I was watching it and I brought a grin to my face. Hmm. Everybody says human. Yeah, human. Yes. Yes. And that's something and that's something that I'm sure I brought to the rehearsal and said, okay, we all have to say it this way. Right. Yeah. Even Aaron, as not. Even, even Aaron. Aaron, when he talks yeah. to Jay, yeah. he calls him a human.
0: I Armin, mean, it is it is a bit of a derogatory way of saying it in a way. Oh, absolutely. I, feel,
1: I, I definitely feel like <laughs> this is the frame. No, they're going to treat the Ferengi badly. The Ferengi are going to treat I, I, yes. the humans just right. as...
2: You're going to mispronounce their name entirely. Exactly. <laughs> they're just humans. Yes, yeah. I love it. Okay,
0: for our guest stars, we had a, a big group of guest stars. We had Max Gradenchuk as Rom, mm-hmm. Lou Wagner
1: as Cracks, mm-hmm. as Cracks, Barry Gordon as... Yes, and Barry Matt. Gordon. Barry Gordon, yes. it's important to know... Barry Gordon, I think at that time, I'm not sure, but I think at that time was the president of Screen Actors Guild. This is before the merger, so it oh. was just Screen Actors Guild. Oh. And and Barry uh, was indeed the president. Uh, producers don't like necessarily to bring the presidents of Screen Actors Guild uh, onto a set right. because they're always right. fearful that uh, they're going to enforce rules uh, that normally are, are tripped over. But Barry was there. And he did no such thing, correct? He didn't
2: nitpick. He didn't do any of that stuff.
1: He didn't do any okay. of that. He was a team player. Yeah. Uh, never said anything derogatory or, or <laughs> you know, never had a problem with anything. There you go. Um, and, and Barry Gordon uh, is a child actor that uh, uh, grew up to be both the president of, of the union and, um, ironically, uh, stuck his foot into politics for a moment. Oh. Uh, there was a, a district in Glendale that he ran for but unfortunately lost that and uh he lost it to adam shift
0: oh wow. wow that's amazing huh. that's amazing well yeah. if you're gonna lose lose to somebody who goes on
1: to be a superstar yeah. i'm not sure barry feels the same way but yes i, I agree with you <laughs>
0: <laughs> barry and could have been that superstar Yeah. Oh, that's so
1: close. enlighten me barry
2: played who robbie
0: uh, he played never
2: never no, never no, Nava. never, Nava, yeah. Ne- never, Nava. Yeah. Nava. Okay. Uh, we also have yeah. Lee Ehrenberg as Grawl. Our Lee was friend a- Lee, yeah. Lee, who went to college with me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, wonderful, was wonderful
1: actor who came back and did a couple of episodes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we love all Lee. love Lee. We love Lee. Grawl or, Eisen- or
2: Brawl. What was his character? Grawl. Brawl, Grawl. Yeah. Grawl.
0: Grawl. Mm-hmm. Aaron Eisenberg as Nog, of course. Mm-hmm. And we had Tiny Ron as Mayer Do. Mayer Do. Mayer Do.
2: Mayer Do. Mayer Do is that his name or is that his title
1: his position no that i think that's his name on the show no. okay name.
2: mayhardu mayhardu
1: yeah i think somewhere in the episode they they he, they talk about putting Zek to sleep and it's a it's whatever his species it's something that they do like vulcans or whatever so i think i don't i, I, don't, I think mayhardu is his name as opposed to his species
0: okay well tiny ron's Makeup, I have to say, was super cool. I loved that alien makeup. Really cool detail in the face felt different than you know it's hard it's hard to invent new aliens and new yeah. new makeups and i think they did a great job
1: there he was an enormous team player always was in all the episodes that he appeared in uh, as everyone knows now that mm-hmm. we were rehearsing at my home mm. uh before we got on the set and and tiny used to come to our rehearsals even though uh he's a mute he doesn't ever say anything yeah
2: well that's a team player and oh, that's a team yeah. player yeah i don't know if you know this armin but Tiny Ron showed up on our show as oh, mm-hmm. a member of the Herogen species, this hunting a hunter species, which is sort of very nomadic and they're very tall. And he was the first original Hirogen on our yeah. show. And his wardrobe was literally this huge armor thing that was so hot. It was basically wearing a wetsuit, you know, like a five millimeter wetsuit. And I, we walked outside of stage eight and nine and he goes, look at this. And he put his hand down and all this sweat just came out yeah. from the sleeve. He just squeezed it out. I was like, oh my Gosh,
0: it was a full body prosthetic, basically. The costume was made of the same kind of rubber and yes, layers completely covered.
2: Face was all there was, there wasn't one piece of his skin showing, so completely covered, like you were, pretty much. And then everything
0: with that wardrobe was so hot. Last guest star is Wally Sean Wallace Sean as Zach. Did I get a question? Did Wally come to your house for rehearsals? He
1: did, he did. Uh. Wally came to. I think all of them. All the times that he appeared, God, I think he came great. to all of them. He He's, may have I, missed he... one, but he didn't make most of them.
2: So. Yeah. I have to ask you this Armin did Wallace enjoy playing this role was he in did you find that he had he relished having this role just give us a little bit you know sure over. I'll give
1: you an anecdote very quickly to yes. answer this question Please. so about the third time that uh Wally and Zech appeared on Deep Space Nine Renee and I went up to Wally in the in the makeup trailer and said Wally we're so glad you're here we wish you were here more often why don't you show up more often and he said, and I won't do his voice, uh, but you can picture, or you can picture in your You're mind the, yeah. the sound of his voice. Yeah. Uh, he said, "It takes me six months to forget how much I hate the makeup." <laughs> <laughs> but, Very well said. But yeah. he he uh, he always did a brilliant job. I loved working with Wally all the years that we worked together, and he was he was terrific. And he does something in this episode uh where i wish he had done something else yeah he did do it in rehearsals but the but david didn't let him do it oh, and when we get to that scene you talk about that I'll okay talk okay. About okay. It.
2: okay i i will
1: say i love his laugh that he comes up with yeah. throughout and that's episodes. iconographic zach you even he, he that laugh shows up in this episode yeah. and it and it is iconographic for zach for all the times that he's appeared yeah, yeah it's yeah. wonderful it's wonderful all okay. right there's
0: our cast let's get into the yeah. story uh uh, this episode aired originally on uh, March 22nd, 1993. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the air date, a March episode. We're in the airlock. The airlock opens up and this Ferengi uh, looks around to make sure the coast is clear. And then this caped figure is escorted out with a cane. And the cane or the staff has a gold Ferengi head or or
2: scepter, as it's called later. At the yes, top. the
0: scepter. Yeah, it's got a Ferengi head that kind of goes right by the lens and again, David cool shot. Livingston, it's cool. cool shot. <laughs> it's the details. It's very well thought out. You know, yeah. it's not just coverage. He's not just swinging no. a camera around and letting no. actors walk through the shot. Mm-mm. He he finished that shot on that that the scepter, uh, you know, sculpture that Ferengi had on the on the scepter. Very cool. And, and let's not forget, Meher Du is also there. And Mayor Du, he's being escorted by this very tall, the cape figure is being escorted by a very tall uh,
2: Yeah, because the shot shows the first Ferengi, which is looking Negus' son right? looking around, yes. then he motions over and you see the head pop out of Mehardu. Mayar- is that how you say Mayhardu? it? Yeah. Yes. Mehardu's head po- pops around and he waves him in and that's when he escorts Negus, well we don't know it's Negus yet but he's hooded, you know, at that
0: point yeah. Yeah. But very, very, David from the start is, is doing, doing specific his shots ass. He's telling the story as a director yep. in a way that I honestly haven't seen done this well on your show yet david Knocked it out of the park yeah so we go to cisco's quarters jake's room i guess his his part of the quarters he's running around grabbing pads collecting pads and trying to get dressed and cisco comes in and says uh that maybe they can go to bajor for this big gratitude festival he wants to take jake to the gratitude festival
2: the biggest bajoran festival of the year And a side trip to the fire caverns, which is something that uh, Jake has wanted to do. So this is something that Jake has already showed interest in. And he says, we can do a side trip to the fire caverns. But after finding out that that trip will take three days, Jake asked to stay on the station. He already has plans with Nog to check out this Andorian freighter that's coming in for maintenance. It's carrying the shipment of anti-grav tractors. They want to see if they can get a glimpse of this. And the look on Ben Sisko's face is just crestfallen. He's like, oh. My son is picking a maintenance trip for an Endorian freighter? freighter over me and the fire caverns. So, yeah. but again, it just, it's just—it's amazing how much family-oriented, like father-son, uh, scenes that we've already seen in the first yeah. quarter of of uh, season one, basically. Absolutely, this is a Wonderful. show about family. This yeah. is a yeah. show about family. For sure, for sure.
0: Yeah. Again, I love Sirak His his energy. His his there's there's a buoyancy to his performance there's that, a lightness to his performance. A lightness there's a often lacking i would sickle- say in all star trek shows but it's also and, lacking
2: in that
1: age too though robbie yes. you know yeah. i mean
2: for his his young, young age to be that uh yeah.
1: masterful is, is impressive. I love it, it's minor, but I just love the way he said computer orange juice. Uh, um, yeah. I, it, <laughs> it, 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 it was such a throwaway line, yeah. masterfully done by yes. what I consider to be a 14 year old boy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Yes, yeah, he's, he's
0: really incredible. He's mm-hmm. and he's getting better and better. You can see him getting more. Confident more confident and more relaxed more relaxed. Secure and more relaxed. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait and to I'm see sure more And I'm sure Avery had a lot to do with that. Yeah, of making he him did. feel comfortable. Yeah. Uh, we go to Quark's next and Quark is telling a customer that there's no need for her to thank him sends her back to, to gamble some more, encourages her to go gamble and then uh, scolds Rom for returning her lost purse and tells Rom he needs to go review the rules of acquisition. The first rule of acquisition. The first
1: <laughs> rule. <laughs> rule of
0: acquisition.
2: That's when right. they give you their money, you keep it. You don't return. Never it. give it back. Never yeah. give it back. Yeah. yeah. But as punishment, he orders Rom to polish every railing in the entire bar. And this yeah. is this is very funny because now you see him. It's a little bit of a passage of time in another section or nook of Corks. Nog is setting up this. I guess he's kind of playing around with a tower of objects. You know? Can I? Yeah. He's stacking this tower. on top of that. But, uh, yep.
0: I just want to go back to, you're right. Quark says, go polish every rail in the place. Mm -hmm. And he also says... Get out of my sight before I toss you out of the, oh, nearest right. airlock. the airlock.
2: Yes. And yes, that's important. That, that tracks. Yes. We need to know. Yes. Yeah. We keep it, that yeah, in mind. It does. It does. I had missed harsh. that.
1: That is absolutely true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you've it actually seemed... said that on prior episodes too. This is the but only but this time. This episode that you've said makes that. a major difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: It
0: does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so he scolds Rom and Rom goes to polish rails and not get thrown yeah, yeah. out of an airlock. And then Nog stacking this. It's like glasses. He's building a tower with glasses and pads. But also or his
2: pads from school, too. The same pads that uh, Jake oh, that's had right. in the first that's right. That's sort of same color, same So size. Jake is
0: really valuing these pads and right nog
2: is, nog is cl- building a freaking them tower as a, <laughs> yes. As a, a diversion yes yeah uh, but yes. it's it's great because ron finds him surprise startles him the entire t- tower collapses and then he tells nog you know what if what is this what you learned from that stupid federation school you need to polish every single railing so he passes the buck to his son which i thought was so funny and kind of rude at the same time
1: <laughs> it is and it is a, it is indicative of something that's very important to Ferengi culture that that is always there but it's never said which is this great sense of hierarchy mm-hmm. uh, there's hierarchy certainly in the military and and we we see that but in Ferengi culture there's there's an obeisance that is exponentially larger than anything we see in the human society mm. uh uh at this great sense of pecking order who's on top who's who's more important
0: yeah that's interesting i didn't connect that to the plot of this episode so specifically but it's actually very well done it's well structured that we're seeing this hierarchy with quark and rom and nog and then we're going to see it when the grand nagus comes in so Mm -hmm. it's it's repeat it's kind of setting up the same ideas i think that's great We have a quick shot on the promenade,
2: another cool David Livingston shot. I think he's on the second level, actually, starts Mm -hmm. up there. And then you kind of, it pans down a little bit. And we see the same three characters from the very beginning, the tall, the tall alien and the hooded alien and the one Ferengi walking slowly towards Quark's. Any comment on that camera angle or that shot or that scene? Oh, it
0: was, it was great. There were a couple of shots up high that I thought, again, David was just, he was telling the story with the camera and the shot selection. Yeah. in a way he wasn't just covering you know we hear that term a lot oh we got to get coverage when we're making shows mm-hmm. coverage is not storytelling it's just covering your ass It's, right. it's, it's right. Just grabbing it's collecting <laughs> shots storytelling is when you use that camera very intentionally mm-hmm. and david does that very well yes he does you know yes. as as frustrating as david could be sometimes with a dozen or more takes and you're just like what are just you a dozen <laughs> yes a couple dozen as frustrating and the hours were longer with david let's be honest they were always longer
1: but his shows turned out well like and it's not just the camera very few directors ever use that second level for anything Mm. it's there there's actually a third level as well because it was just too difficult to light to shoot to get actors up there usually they they just ignored that second and third level david knowing the set probably said we never see this part of the set it's built let's use it you mm-hmm. know? yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: and and I think you know David in years since has
0: said to me like I think he said on we interviewed him on this podcast yeah a, a year or two ago and he said you know as a director his attitude was
1: get in trouble a little bit which is ironic because it was his job to lecture the directors who were trying that, to get yeah. into trouble that was his <laughs> job to lecture <laughs> yeah he had to have both
2: he had to wear both hats
0: yeah but he would do things knowing how difficult they were, knowing it might take more time, no, but he would he would intentionally push the boundaries in ways that other directors don't want to take the time, like you said. They don't want to take the time to go up to the balcony. They don't want to take the time to do a more challenging shot, and David would do that. So
2: Now, when you're talking about the third level, you're <laughs> talking about within corks, though. That's it, right? right. You're third not talking corks. about in the promenade. The not, promenade, promenade. only yeah. had the main level and the upper level, the mezzanine. Yeah,
1: that's right. That okay. and, we're, and we're going to see... An I- iconic shot in this show that, that uh, we've seen perhaps in other shows as well, okay. of Deep Space Nine, of of the two boys sitting by the rails. Oh, yes. That, yes. that yes. became mm. an iconic shot for our show as well.
0: Yeah,
1: I love
2: that
0: shot. Yeah, and we, when we get there, I'd love to talk about that because that's okay. the first time I've ever seen that. And yeah, I wonder if that was David or if you yeah. even know, but we'll, we'll, I, we'll talk about it when we get there.
2: We move into Quark's, and Quark is telling a joke to Morn. Is Morn played by Mark Allen Shepard? Is that correct? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. All right, and Morn doesn't get it in the beginning, and then of course he does catch on, and he giggles and laughs. I guess that's the most that we ever hear out of Morn, it is, right? It is <laughs> the most that we little, ever hear from after, <laughs> He has no other line, and he is he is a, a homage to Norm from Cheers, correct? Absolutely, that is the whole. There's, there's no why question he about exists. that. Okay, yeah.
0: I like your line. Had to think about that one, didn't you? It was at that moment
2: when you said, "Oh, you had to think about that one, did you?" I was looking at your eyes, and I realized the reason why they stand out they they come out so much is that they ring this dark kind of circle around your eyes to sort of hide yes and not all ferengi have that though no so i was thinking why does one ferengi have that and another not have that i'm curious
1: well um that's an interesting question a, a political thing that happened there oh uh on the first day that i worked on deep space nine karen westerfield was assigned to do my makeup she did it exactly as Michael Westmore told her to do. And then at the end of the process, she saw how my blue eyes and thought, oh, if I put purple around his blue eyes, the blue eyes will will stand out more, yeah. which she did. Yeah. But this had not been part of Michael Westmore's design. I don't know how many days or weeks it was. I think probably only days. Michael went to dailies and suddenly realized there's a purple ring around the Ferengi's eyes and he came down like a ton of bricks on Karen wow. for doing something he had not designed okay. now as it turned out Karen was absolutely right for the very reason that you just said
2: oh and it, and
1: yeah. and because they'd already gotten it on film it was several days one, right? of film I would yeah. imagine that they just couldn't change it and so uh uh yes quark has purple around his eyes and you'll notice rom has a veil behind his head and quark doesn't and that too was part of the makeup designs that's that was distinctly designed by Michael Westmore, the difference. Well, the, the veil,
2: veil is, is because they didn't <clears throat> want to finish the back of that person. It's own.
1: not that they didn't want to, because I was the, there when it happened. The budget uh, to do that. Yeah, that no, no, no. The the, the costume design, uh, design department and the uh, makeup department hadn't conferred about how far the makeup came down and how high the, the costume came up. And so- on TNG, wow. when I was made up as a Ferengi, when all the process was done, we realized there was a three-inch gap of my back, of the back of my neck, showing, oh. and and Michael went out and got a piece of material which he stapled to the rubber prosthesis, oh. and that's how the veils got
0: invented. Yeah. Wow, oh, that's crazy. That's amazing. Those little details. I mean, I I feel like the audience will love that. I've never heard any of that. That's yeah. really fascinating because
2: of the ring you actually your eyes are more expressive than any other character on the show because they're defined with the ring and they pop like that
1: yes and i have to thank karen yeah Uh, karen's brilliance Mm -hmm. and and karen uh, it it was a brilliant 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 makeup artist yep and now years later she leads the makeup union in in hollywood she when they negotiate contracts she is the person they are talking to wow wow very good for her cool well, so um, after
0: the joke, the Grand Nagus uh, well, Crax, enters. Right,
2: Cracks calls out.
0: Yeah, Cracks calls out. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, right. he's he's looking for Quark. Mm-hmm. You found him. I, I'm Cracks, and this is my father, Grand Nagus Zek. And that's when
1: the cloak is finally pulled Hold off back to reveal... by the tall,
2: by. Uh, what's his name? Mahardu. Mahardu. Mahardu pulls the hood back. I love that.
1: It's it's really an unveiling of the Grand Nagus, and it's, it's, it, the-, it's the unveiling of the Zek character. Uh, who will come back many, many episodes? Uh, it, it is the revealing of a, one of the major recurring characters on our show. It's a great yeah. makeup, though. It's the makeup is phenomenal. Makeup. It's, got I love the, the, it's got
2: the, the gray hair, hair the coming, ear, out, of the coming out of the ears. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and just brilliant. explain
0: to me because I'm sure the fans listening know this better than me. But <laughs> the
1: size of ears is that
0: with age, or
1: is that? Well, so you're too young to realize, but when you get older as a human, yes. your ears get bigger too. Yes. yes. And they your know. nose too, right? And it's your nose. nose and ears. And, yeah. and so the Ferengi live for a very long time. That's right. We, okay. That we live for centuries. Yeah. So there's lots of time for the ears and the nose to get bigger. Yeah, I
2: see. That was one of my questions. How long do Ferengis live? Because in this episode, later, we do learn that Nega says he hasn't had a vacation in 85 years. So we assume he's a really old dude, right? So Exactly. Okay. Hundreds
0: yeah. of years. Wow! But younger than Quark thinks he is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the Nagus arrives, and Quark kisses the the uh, scepter, and then the Nagus wants to sample some of the sweets, Ask Quark for some recommendations. Um, Quark says, "Here's a list of my favorite five sweets," and he says he wants to try them. Programs, all. not sweets. Programs yes, or programs. programs yes. yes, five right. programs.
2: D- did anyone catch this when Cracks talks to Quark that? Grand Negus wants to try out one of the holo suites. He I said holo. That. I did. I did. So yeah. I, I was like, is that a kind of homage that's to Uman? It was a
0: mistake. Okay. Because <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's not a, mistake.
2: a holo. It's a Hollow suite. Yeah. 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 Yes. Right.
0: But the Nagus, uh has his laugh. I think this is the first this time is the we hear of it, that yeah.
1: laugh. No, it's not the first. <laughs> no, no. Oh, that's right. It. he hey. does it in a, in a scene before that. That's right. Uh, oh. th- we don't see his face, but we do hear the laugh. We hear okay. the laugh. And this is the first time we see him do it. Isn't that it? (laughs) Yeah. That's it. That's (laughs) it. The creepy laugh. Yes.
0: It's so funny. We go to the school room next. And now there's a ton of kids in the school room. Last time I remember seeing the school room, there were like four kids. Yeah. Including Nog and and Jake. And now there must be 30 kids. David has a way with budgets. Yes, he does. Doesn't he? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He must have... Something on everybody because he gets oh, what he wants. O'Brien
2: is late due to a maintenance issue that he had to handle. He is the substitute teacher. Yeah. Right. He he tries to settle the kids down. Nog and Jake are still talking. He calls out their names. Nog Jake mm-hmm. actually stops, but Nog is still talking. So he calls Nog out and he asks to see Nog's completed homework essay. And Nog says he doesn't have it. Because his pad, it was not eaten by dogs or some type of alien animal, but it was stolen. So O'Brien Vulcans. says, oh, do you have any idea who could have
0: stole this? And he said, oh, it, was, it was some Vulcans uh, nearby. And then he asked Jake. Yeah, well, Nog <laughs> says, Jake can vouch for me. You see yeah. Jake like, wait, what? Don't bring me into this. But Jake reluctantly does basically vouch for him. He's yeah. like, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah I, he, I was there. They took it. So Jake's (laughs) Jake's getting dragged into the dead end kids side of things.
2: The ethicless Vulcans that stole yeah, the, that pad.
0: And ironically, it was an essay on ethics, was yeah. what it was. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have um, no ethics? Yeah, no.
1: I'm just going to put this out there. I don't want any discussion about it. But I will venture to say that the Ferengi are the most ethical people uh, uh, species on the show. I will explain that more later.
2: Okay. Okay. We'll just leave <laughs> right. that there. We'll leave that there we'll, for you.
0: Leave yeah. that there.
1: Even though in the last episode, they pushed the cheat button. But yes, I... <laughs> Um We're, but see that's your ethics not their ethics. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um the next go, shot is awesome yeah.
2: because we hear Grand Nagus's laugh because we see Tiny Ron standing guard in front of the Hollow Suite on the yes. uh, upper floor of Corks holding Zek's cane and we can hear Zek laughing <laughs> inside the hollow suite which is awesome (laughs) camera pans down another david livingston awesome shot pans from that second level down to cork who is concerned about grand nagus's welfare because he's been in there for such a long time he doesn't want him to die from pleasure basically
1: yeah i don't think that's the reason quark is upset but yes go ahead
2: (laughs) okay he walks over to rom and tells him that he suspects that the grand nagus is here to buy the bar yeah. Negus comes out and, and wants to rest. Cork offers Rom's quarters, his brother's quarters to Nagus. I love that little hierarchy, hierarchy. Yeah, the yes, the hierarchy
0: is, is in is in play here. I also like that Nagus comes out and needs a drink because yeah. he's dehydrated yeah. from all of the his- his pleasure. son gives
2: him the little glass and he yes. brushes that away and grabs the whole, you know, carafe yes. and drinks that from that, which is awesome. Yeah. He's so parched from all his, uh, his, uh, nookie. Uh, and then Negus wants an invite to dinner as well. That's the other, uh, thing that comes out of this scene. And again, yes. great shot. Really, really good shot by David Livingston.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to the turbo lift next, and Miles is working up on, in ops, working mm-hmm. on fixing the tr- turbo lift that's like ha- stuck halfway between floors. Again, David Livingston gets the camera down in the in the yeah. bowels of that thing, so yeah. we see for the first time that I can recall, yeah. oh, the top of ops. I never saw that before. Yeah, it was beautiful. The set was gorgeous.
1: He's showing off what the carpenters and the set designers have built uh, that yeah. no one has showed off. He he wants he knows the set. He knows he knows the place very well, and he yeah. wants people to see what he sees when he steps onto the set.
0: Yeah, he uh, again first time. First director that is showing me the set this way. And I thought it was beautiful. But uh, yeah, Miles is fixing the turbo lift. And then Cisco arrives and says, you know, the airlock's jammed again. They got to get on that. And then Miles kind of climbs out. They start to talk. Cisco asks how school's going. And Miles basically gives him some advice. He says, keep Jake away from Nog because he's troubled yeah and cisco cisco replies well i don't want to make it me versus nog you know because first he says
2: he trusts his son he goes i trust my son yeah and and that that final dialogue uh back and forth is my favorite part of the scene because he says he says um It would become me versus Nog, and I'm not going to force Jake to choose between us. O'Brien says, why not? Cisco says, Because I'd probably lose. O'Brien says, I doubt that, sir. And Cisco ends with the best line, probably in this whole episode. I love this. That's because your daughter's three. Wait until she's 14. And I'm living through that now. So I was like, yes, I know this. So I love that. Wait until
0: she's 14. And then (laughs) wait until she's 34. And then (laughs) But again, see all the changes. It's
1: all about family. Family. These are family. It is
2: entirely
0: it's true mm-hmm. we go we go to quark's quarters it's dinner and the first shot is this bowl of grubs yeah real gr- grubs these are yeah. real worms yes. with the chopsticks or something and then it cups up t- cuts up to tiny ron tasting one of them i'm sure not a real grub at this point they did a little switcheroo uh, so but-
2: he's the royal taste tester just in he's case the it's taste poison. tester
0: He's like, hmm, chews yeah. it up, and then nods to the grand Nagus, and then Nagus eats away, and he he loves them, um, and the negus seems very impressed with what he's heard about cork at this point, as he should be. The
2: chopsticks, yeah.
0: whose choice was that, and
2: I, I to me, I was then almost inferring that maybe Frangies are supposedly an allegory or or a um parallel to Asians. I don't know, you know, I I don't know. So yeah, I, just, I've often uh, thought
1: that. Uh, Garrett, uh, mm. I think there's. we can get into this later, but yeah. uh, I've often thought that there's a possibility uh, that it could be evasions, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I have, Other I have theories a, a, well. a larger theory about okay. uh, who the Ferengi reflect. But I, I've always said, after the show was over, if I had it to do over again, I would yes. have studied Chinese culture a little bit more for, mm. for a better understanding of the Ferengi culture.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a very very specific choice to ask the actors to use chopsticks to eat their meal, right? So it's definitely. I wonder if,
0: though, a lot of times, a lot of times, the props guys would just pick something that looked cool. (laughs) So it's an arbitrary choice. It could have literally (laughs) been an arbitrary choice that we are imposing. We are imposing our our own will onto it, yeah. Because often, especially the food stuff, they just mix together. There was always a strong Asian influence on Star Trek food, always, whether it yeah. was Japanese culture, Chinese food, yeah, the the exotic nature of Star Trek food, in my opinion, had a very strong Asian influence. Yeah. But I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a choice or maybe it was uh, literally- Also, just- there's
1: a problem. There's a, just a financial problem, which is if you get a fork or a spoon, it has to look futuristic. Oh. Chopsticks yeah. don't.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, it
0: could have been just that. It could have been that. If I were betting on this, I would literally say it was random. It was just like like, Ar- like Armin said, doesn't have to look futuristic. It it well, looks kind of cool. We're matching things
2: up. But the other interesting thing is, and yeah. Armin, you're you're going to you'll probably agree with me on this. In when you talk about. When you talk about Ferengis, you talk about this is a species or a race that is a, a group of individuals or beings that are concerned about profit above all, right? And there is that parallel with Chinese, and that's why I thought the chopsticks were there too.
1: Now you're getting into what I wanted to, to leave for later. I always think that the Ferengi reflect the, the minority culture, And there are stereotypes not only about Chinese, Mm -hmm. but a lot of cultures. It's the other that is the avaricious culture. We are the good people. They are the not so good people. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I think that's what what the Ferengi in a sense reflect. I can't tell you how many times I've been around the world where various cultures have said to me, are these the Chinese? Are these the Jews? Are these Mm -hmm. the Irish? Are these somebody else? Um, and I smile and think, uh, we're all those, you know, it's, it's all, it's the it's other all of culture. Us. It's, it's all the minority, the, minority love culture. That, mm.
0: that analogy, the other, that's yeah. very well put because yeah. you kind of put that, yeah, the good guys and the bad guys. We're, we're the good people. They're the ones They're the other. Are, they're the yes.
2: Other. What I took away from the scene, Armin, was when I was watching the other people eat, Ram, Ram. and, uh, Negus' son, they Prax. were eating, Prax. Prax, they were eating beetles now when 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 rom eats the beetle it crunches apart in his mouth like it is a dead beetle like a real I, can you that was a prop yes I, or was I it-
1: saw that scene and I'm desperately trying to remember whether uh. it was that episode or another episode where uh the director offered each of us at the table it was a similar episode we were all eating beetles and he he said I need a shot with one of you actually crunching the beetle it may have been this one. I think this it is it. But it may have been another one as well. The legs wow. came and, off. And so all realistically. of us said, No, I don't want to do that. I, they asked me first. I said, Nope, nope, I'm not going to do not that. not eating a beetle. I'm not and, eating a beetle. And, and it sounds Max
2: like Max probably probably raised worse. his hand. Max to- raised
1: his <laughs> hand. Max, uh,
0: I'll do it. And um, it, it sounds and, like something David Livingston would ask too. Yeah. Like that's exactly what <laughs> David Livingston would I need a real beetle. I, but guys. I could see Come David. As,
2: I could see David goes, You don't have to swallow it. You don't have to swallow it. Just bite into it. It. you can hear his like manicness right going, right fight into it it's fine max can you do it great i love you okay, and, then... and
1: i can promise you whether it was this one or another episode yeah. whatever that take was whatever that day was yeah it was only one take of that
0: yes I it was
1: one so. take of that sure.
2: yeah <laughs> but is well, that the ferengi diet
1: though is just grubs and beetles is there a, you guys don't eat anything other than i imagine we eat other things as well but this is a delicacy Ah, uh, yeah, uh, the negus. Yes,
2: it's for the negus. It's only for him. Okay. Well,
0: so the the negus is there. uh, He's very impressed with what he's heard about Quark. But then he hears that Nog is going to a Federation school, and he does not like that. Yeah. With the humans, and so and
2: a, and a female teacher uh, again. Yes, yes, bad.
0: Yes, <laughs> Rom forbids any more school. <laughs> then the Negus says that he needs Quark's bar for some kind of conference, some kind of gathering for the Ferengis to discuss. No, first he says Quark I need Quark's bar, which yeah. puts yeah. the and, fear and of in which, God into. Yeah, yeah Quark is yeah. like, I told you, that's what he. I knew this was it. The very last shot of this, though, I found interesting because the last line. Uh, Zek is saying, uh, for Ferengi business interests in the future is already here. Yeah. And its name is the Gamma Quadrant. It's a real kind of buttony line. Mm -hmm. And so David was pushing in on On. Wally Sean.
2: Oh, yes. That's right. But
0: then it cut back to Quark, not pushing in. Yeah. And I think David intended for that shot to push in on on Wally Sean, and that would be the out. But when they did the edit, everybody thought, no, we got to go back to Quark. He's the oh, series regular. He's the yeah. series regular, but the shot wasn't moving. So it was almost like, it's the end of the scene, the end of the scene. Nah, no, it's not. It
1: was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They should have stayed with just uh, Wally. They should have yeah. stayed with Zach.
0: Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Good catch. We go to ops next. Kira informs Cisco that all these Ferengi are arriving. And mm-hmm. Cisco's not very concerned at this point, but he does call Odo to keep an eye on him. This is another overhead shot in the promenade. Where we see, I think it was maybe cracks or someone walking through the promenade. Power and walking, it, actually. Power walking. <laughs> yeah. You see the whole promenade, but then it pans right up to a nice close up of Odo yes. when he says, uh, yeah. I'm already on it. Great job, David. It's a good shot. Again, yeah, good it's job, a great David. shot. Good job. Storytelling. It was good. Mm-hmm. We go to Quarks. Quarks uh, nervously preparing the room for this uh, gathering. And Krax is looking at the seating arrangements. He does not like where people are sitting here.
2: Yeah. Rivals are being sat
0: next to each other, which is not yes. good. Yes. Rivals mm-hmm. are being sat next to each other. Grawl, we meet here. He's getting very impatient that the Negus is not here yet. Negus finally arrives, calls the meeting to order. Quark kicks Nog out, by the
1: way. No, well, he wants to leave too. Quark wants to no, leave. Quark yeah. wants he he to figures leave. it's a oh, yeah. it's a it's a corporate Let's meeting. Let's get out. There. That's right.
0: He kicks him out and he's gonna, he's gonna, we're all gonna get out of here. Yeah. But then the negus tells Quark to stay. That's right.
2: <laughs> Your reaction is great, Armin. You're like, me? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be yes. in on
2: the inner workings. I'm going to know how the sausage is made. Oh, my goodness. Yes.
1: But also, there's a sense of I don't want to be there because of the hierarchy. This yes, is not a place yes. for me. Uh, no. I want to be involved in a lot of things, but yeah. this is not a place for me. These are all the big yeah. bosses. These are all this, the big, are big bosses
2: of the Ferengi uh, hierarchy of um, business, right? That's right. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Okay.
0: Yeah, so Quark sits at the bar away from everybody else, and that, that's where the scene ends. Then we go to the promenade. This is where Here Nog is sitting over the balcony edge. Yeah, with his Jay legs, his legs dangling there.
1: over the side, yeah. I think we have seen that in another episode, I believe I've seen it, uh, you know, as we've been doing these yeah. these uh, shows together. I believe I saw it in an earlier episode.
0: Maybe. But,
1: but certainly this is an enormously iconographic shot. Yeah. Uh, we will see the two boys together in this position uh, often or often enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it is their place. Everybody has an office. I have a bar. uh, their has place an is hanging out in the bar. Their place is hanging right everybody. there in the corner of the, of yeah. the second level. Got it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know. I can't remember seeing it before, but I know that it landed for me. Whatever David did differently in this episode, he it had their landed. legs
1: swinging. Yeah, uh, w- which uh, is, I think, uh, uh, storytelling of these are these are young boys. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Jake finds him. Nog tells Jake that he's done with school, and basically they start to bicker very quickly. I feel like this is their first argument ever. Yeah. you know, in it a way.
1: So yeah.
0: Nog calls Jake a stupid human. <laughs> and then nog storms off and jake has the last word though he goes i'm stupid you're the one not going to
2: school see if i care so again you're stupid
0: angst. i'm not stupid you're, you're stupid. stupid yeah they're very young boys yeah. very young boys mm-hmm. uh go back to corks Negus is uh talking about business is great in the alpha quadrant but the rep their reputation is what's holding them back right their reputation that they can't be trusted Mm-hmm. and he says the Gamma Quadrant is a blank slate. Nobody knows about this reputation there.
2: Didn't he say it's like the good old days all over again, boys? Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: yeah, and he he lets everyone know that he's chosen a successor.
1: Deep Space Nine touched upon a lot of subjects that other shows hadn't touched upon, uh, at least up until that moment. Mm-hmm. And here is one of them. We're talking about business ventures, which is certainly part of every uh, commercial culture um and and this is the first time even if it's by Ferengi that the, the, these are serious uh, the cheating of course is that that's comic. yeah but but the idea of how to progress your business in a in mm-hmm. an adverse situation how do you do that and here's an opportunity let's take advantage of the opportunity this is this is I think business. this is why if I may um I've been told over the course of many years that that some business uh, MBA programs will include the rules of acquisition uh, <laughs> in, in their in their business forums because wow. there's actually some credence to to some oh. of these rules and how they approach business in general. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Is that. there?
0: Let me ask you. I know we keep digressing into tangents here, but the rules of acquisition was this something that got created? Like I believe the- it starts in this episode wow so the idea of it starts in this episode yeah i think so and then is there a a book like yes someone published sure it? there must yes, be. yes yeah. it's a published
1: okay. book yeah okay wow. there are uh, i remember i believe i have this number right i think there are 225 um rules of acquisition that's what we say there are 200 maybe okay. 250 but it's somewhere in there in the 200 but there is only about 115 published uh, rules because uh, Iron Company never got around to writing all the rules. To it. writing the rest. So they wrote it. So the writers came up with these rules of acquisition. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. This is, fa- I got to get the copy of this book. I will give it to you the next time I see you. I oh. can't wait.
0: The Grand Nagus announces that he's chosen his successor. He announces to everyone that the the new Grand Nagus is Quark.
2: But as the, he's about to say that, his yeah. son is is. Getting yes, up yes, to stand up, nice. which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Prax is like, "It's me," and then he's like, "Huh? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes." He talks about this new leader has vision, imagination, yeah, and and uh, and will oversee <laughs> all the Ferengi ventures in the Gamma Quadrant. It's Quark, and they are stunned. Grawl calls him a lobeless amateur. <laughs> cracks thinks his dad lost his mind uh nava says he's not going to stand for it
2: the bosses leave they they knock the chairs they down they just take off, off. they're like
0: mm-mm. and i love at the end you're playing with your earlobe at the end yeah. i love that you did a couple of things <laughs> like that yeah where i know this prosthetic has no sensitivity no feeling so right so that sort of you know the nervous ticks like that
1: have it's not, not so much a nervous it. tick it, it was it was a choice yes uh yeah. it is our erogenous zone as well so it, there's no, a little yeah, bit of right. um masturbatory uh, yeah i was uh, just about to say you were about to yeah.
2: you're pleased you're pleasuring yourself for, wow. in a way exactly. yeah exactly wow <laughs> robbie
1: <Bravo. Well,
2: laughs> so many levels that it works hey, on look ear nookie it's a thing yeah.
0: all right we go to cisco's quarters next uh jake is just playing with his oatmeal he's just dump, you know, stirring the cold oatmeal. Cisco asks what's wrong, and Jake says that Nog is not going to school and doesn't want to be friends anymore. And Cisco says, well, you know, human values and Ferengi values are very, very different. And he invites Jake to play baseball after school, but Jake says, no, he's got something he's got to do. Yeah, And he seems like he's got, like, like a light bulb moment. I got to do this, but we don't know what it is. Right, And neither does Cisco. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's. I feel like Cisco is playing this whole thing well, so well. He is. But Having,
2: he's. But he's not trusting Nog. He really feels like there's some type of nefarious thing happening, right? I mean, he's
1: not. But he's. He's being patient. Enough he is being to very patient. Play yes, out and yes. not jump in too quickly. Yes, yes. Correct. Certainly, at this point, the the off relationship between Avery and Serac had matured. And 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 I think at this point Avery feels very uh, fatherly towards uh, Jim, mm. towards Ciroc. Mm-hmm. and and so he's he's I think very involved, both as the character and as yeah. the real pseudo father to to Ciroc. Wow. Got Wow.
0: Well, we go to the promenade. Quark is very excited to be the new Negus. Garalts kind of joins him on this little walk and talk says that they're gonna be new best friends and that Grawl will protect him yeah. from all of these others that are very jealous and could be a danger to Quark. Mm-hmm. And you can see Quark start to panic. He never thought about like, you're a target, I guess, when you're this this powerful. Grawl is sort of blackmailing him in the scene. Bottom line, <laughs> he's he's letting him know that there's danger from other people but you never know who, where it could come from so you better you better treat me right so he's blackmailing him there well he threatens him really right it's not more blackmail yeah it's, I'm blackmail. Yeah. it's like
2: you, you're I'll not gonna refuse you. yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay it can be very dangerous yeah so yeah we go to rom's quarters cork is terrified in here um and he he wants Zach's advice zack says that this threat is not going to be the last and then suddenly zack freezes <laughs> he freezes <laughs> and tiny ron checks him and it looks like he's dead yeah. I, at first i thought he can't be dead like that's not with the hands sort of stuck out I was like oh no, it's maybe like it's a, a dead beetle yes <laughs>
2: <laughs> he, 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 he turned just, into a dead beetle yeah he uh, just froze mid-sentence he yeah but he did give a couple of uh words of advice out yes right? he did. uh surround people uh, surround yourself with people that are loyal but not too loyal never trust anyone who places your prosperity above their own and then uh and remember when in doubt be ruthless yeah and he's like yeah I can do that and that's when he kind of freezes like a beetle yeah.
0: <laughs> armin i loved the button of the scene the last line quark has it where you look around and you say i didn't do anything <laughs> i thought the timing like you you took the pause the timing and the line reading was perfect uh, was thank, was, you. thank it was you it was great mm. it was great we go to quark's bar again there's a portrait of zek there Clearly, this looks like the memorial service. A memorial for, or yeah. something, but there's a stack of these green, like Circular petri dishes,
2: petri dishes, petri dishes, cases, yes, with the covers and, on them. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's and it's like the, his ashes or or gelatin or whatever ashes, has, ashes, ashes. Mm-hmm. His ashes
1: are being sold as collectibles. Part of the Ferengi culture. Uh, Many things in this episode are beginning to tell us about the Ferengi culture. This is one of
2: them. Is it ashes? Because he says, Crack says, you see, when a Ferengi of my father's stature dies, the body is automatically vacuum desiccated and sold as a prize collectible. So- it it's it's may not be ashes I, I thought though. of it as ashes, but you're right. It could be desiccated is like dried out, like a desiccated That's fruit, right. right? So he's That's basically right. and shrunk chopped down up and chopped because there's up lots of- and, yeah, lots of matter, yeah. biomatter. yeah, it's it's really it's, gross. let's
1: let's not talk about desiccation anymore. but yeah. listen <laughs> in the Catholic Church, there are true. relics true, uh, of uh, you know, saints, saints you know exactly. So it's not that far off.
0: Okay. no, it's not. Okay. So these these things are being sold. Odo arrives and wants an autopsy done uh, to make sure that no crime was committed. Right. But
2: that's he what Crack says. Because, what I just, yeah. That that whole yeah. line. Vacuum test. He
0: can't do it because it's been uh, cremated, basically a yep. version of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, cracks is very um, defensive, though. Crack says there's nothing suspicious about my father's death. Um, it was caused by a massive infection of the tympanic membrane, a chronic condition. <laughs> So, sounds which is legit. very funny,
1: actually, because to me, I, I should look it up to be sure. But be, to panic means ear. Yeah.
0: Yes, uh, <laughs> I think it does. Yeah,
1: and so um, I thought that was clever, very clever. Yeah, a
0: massive infection ear infection. Odo cannot do his investigation here. When
2: Rom comes up to Cork in this scene and he says like, "Well, now that you're Negus, uh what about your bar? I could take over, right?" Oh, and then yeah. that's oh, when yeah. Cork has that huge hysterical laugh yes. about you run my bar. And that's when Odo comes in and says, "Not exactly overcome by grief, are we?" Like that's how, that's how that's the middle of that scene. But still a really funny moment of you laughing. It's very funny. Yeah, you literally yes. do a
0: spit take with the drink and then the laugh oh, god that was but rom is really getting it's, you know the short end of the stick yeah, here i i'm i'm now that i'm reviewing this we're doing this together yeah. i'm realizing he had a lot of you know a lot of reason to to make the yes, choices he, he made yeah yeah he does
1: yeah. he's treated very badly by his brother Absolutely. Oh, and this
2: is yes. the episode where where the uh you know the straw that broke broke the camel's back is this episode for rom yeah. The way I know. look at it. We
0: go to the promenade, Nog and Jake are in silence. Their feet are dangling up there. Uh they both really want to be friends. They kind of reluctantly and in their youthful way say to each other, We, you know, they want to be friends and they don't want their fathers to stop them. And then Jake has an idea and they run off together. Right. So a sweet little scene. seems like they're gonna they're gonna work this out, but you don't know if like Jake's gonna. Be getting in trouble, like if it's if that's the the way they're gonna work it out, or you know, it's a little mysterious. But mm.
1: great. it's a lovely moment. It's a yeah. lovely moment that leads to a very lovely uh, re- resolution. Yes, agreed.
0: We go to we go to Quark's again, and Quark is really feeling cocky at this point as the new Negus. <laughs> He's pretty confident. He's pretty full of himself. Well, once you have a cape on, yeah, you're yeah, exactly. a superhero. I'm a you're, superhero.
2: You're a superhero the now.
0: <laughs> You're telling Odo to kiss. You know, it's tradition, Yeah, Odo. Kiss my cane. Kiss Ooh. my cane. <laughs> Odo walks off, does not want to kiss it. And then Quark sees some change fall on the floor. One coin rolls one into coin. his view, yeah. And he's like, should I get that? He- no, well, he, Negus, yeah. He puts his should. foot
2: over it, right, to cover it yes. so no one else can see it. And then he looks around and then drops down to go pick it up. But at and that, yes. that exact that, moment, that
0: that that weapon flies yeah, by flies and over explodes. his head. Yeah, yes, yeah. somebody's trying to kill him. Yep. We come back and they're examining the crime scene. There's Cisco, Miles, Odo. There. Miles explains that this was a Ferengi device, explosive device that locks onto a particular person's body odor they're pheromones
2: yeah. a Ferengi locator bomb that's what they call it
0: now and do it's... Ferengis have a particularly strong BO or is it just
1: I don't I don't think we ever came across that again again um, no. uh or is I it a have, signature I don't, I don't know no, I think it was I, just uh, just a way to uh you know Yeah. I, oh, I, I don't, don't stigmatize think... the Ferengi, but um, I don't know. exactly. I don't know. Well, well, here's the thing if Ferengis
2: like. were extremely stinky, I don't think anyone would come to your bar, you know what I'm that's saying? So, right. I, I, I really right. feel like it's the, the pheromones. Like, I can't, I cannot, if I'm standing next to Robbie, I can't smell his pheromones, okay? But Those are, pheromones pheromones. are very powerful, they right.
1: And as I'm you know saying, from a previous can... scene, the Ferengi like to brush their teeth, so yeah. there's that, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true, yeah, so they're, yeah, they've got good breath. Yeah,
0: it it just seemed odd that it locks onto a person's body odor. Yeah, I don't know the way it was worded to me. I was like, it felt like it was implying that they have, you know, they need deodorant or something. Bashir arrives finally. Finally, my my favorite character, favorite dude. Finally, Team Bashir for Robbie. Team Bashir. He arrives. He says he's been uh, treating Quark, and and that they should come, you know, talk to him, and uh, they head on their way. Cisco, as as they're walking out, Cisco sees jake and nog running and sort of laughing together yeah and sort of has a moment i guess it's concern it's it was hard to tell it was like i, I think, think it's was, concern i think yeah. it's
1: concern. i mean we remember o'brien says to him i if i were you i would separate exactly parties. separate them yeah, yeah.
2: But like you said earlier, Robbie, he's still letting it play out, right? He's not but exactly. Gonna, yeah, he's just going to see. I'm I'm along for the ride. Let's see where we're the. Let's see where this takes us. So
0: let's see. He's trusting his son enough to let him play this out. Whatever's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, he could have easily called him and said, "Hey, Jake, come here." Yeah. But he you didn't know, go. go no. But he didn't. Nope. He, he was patient. Go to the infirmary, Odo and Cisco, or questioning Cork about who might want him dead.
2: Odo's first line, when are you gonna get it through your twisted little brain that we're trying to save your life? I love that beginning
1: opening line right there. It sets yeah. the tone. And Quark doesn't want to talk about it because because the Ferengi, um, our family, Mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. is family business yeah. and, and, and You're not gonna the your outsiders dirty do not, no. yeah, we're not going to air our dirty laundry. Exactly. Right. Gary. So I, he doesn't want to talk about anything outside of his family. This is family business. You guys have no right to be in, intruding into this. Yeah. And I will deal with it. Or Quark will deal with it uh, in time. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of says,
0: everybody's got a reason to kill me, but they were all at the funeral. So I can't help you with your investigation. Right. You kind of mm-hmm. try to shut them down, but we do learn that Zek's servant was not was not there. Was
2: not at the memorial service, exactly, which is very out of was character a, yes, for yeah, that type of species, servant right? He's or, a Hyperion. Yeah. Is it Hyperion? Yeah, Hyperion yes, servants like are renowned for their devotion to their employers, is what Godot yeah. says. So for my hardu, to not to have shown up at Zach's funeral it was very odd indeed. And that yeah. that is the last line of that scene. So now we know something
0: is afoot. Something is missing. Something amiss is here. afoot. Mm. Yes, that manservant, Tiny Ron, is very suspicious. He is MacGuffin. suspect it's number MacGuffin. one. It's a McGuffin. Yes. <laughs> we go to Cisco's quarters. Cisco wants to know why Jake was out so late with Nog. Jake says he can't tell him. And uh Cisco respects this again, very patient, but he says, I. I want you home on time tonight. Yeah. Fine. You don't have to tell me. For dinner. I want you home for dinner. Dinner. Yes. Understood. Understood. So he's. He is you know uh creating an expectation here and getting agreement from jake like let's get back on track here with the rules and i
2: like the pause that Siroc took when when cisco said understood and there's a there's a there's definitely is a pregnant pause and jake yeah reluctantly and just the way he played it it was just like understood i mean it was Mm -hmm. kind
0: of defeated in a way right kind of low-key but again a good choice on uh, Siroc's part great we go to quarks again quark is holding court at this point He's handing out permissions for business <laughs> uh, and getting a split for himself. So yeah. he's he's playing hardball, but he's uh, he's starting to, you know, basically give out territories and, and agreements with everybody on who This
2: is got your what. scene with Barry, right? Barry's talking about giving Yes, Barry's, uh, yeah, Barry's there is, in
1: front of me. Now, yeah. now, I hope you all caught that that's a pastiche from The Godfather. Oh,
2: oh yes, yes. Oh, yeah. God dang it. I should have known that. Yeah. It's
1: definitely a Dang pastiche of the Godfather. I mean, yeah. they gave me a, they gave me a cat. It's not a cat, but, uh, <laughs> oh, what was that thing? That puppet? Yeah. Uh, we don't know. We never Animatronics? saw it again. Animatronics? No, 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 It was a puppet. There was a guy underneath the desk manipulating the puppet as I stroked it. All right. Uh, but the, the blinds are drawn. Yes. The, the look of it is from the Godfather. Oh, yeah, I'm very, doing very this nice as you. well. To me, you know what that thing looked like? It looked
2: like a, a tree branch. Like it a tree branch, like yeah. or like a a yam, or something, you know, something, some some <laughs> type of uh, a vegetable. yam, yeah, or or some misshapen carrot. Yam. Do you have a pet yam? Yeah, I
1: have a oh. pet sweet potato. But, okay. oh, yeah. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he says, "You you come to me, and you you, well, you didn't do this for me. You did, It's right out of the Godfather. It, it, it is. is the Godfather. You're
2: right. Yes, this, this is the Godfather yeah. scene.
0: Okay. Okay. So after he finishes these uh, permissions, Quark heads to the bar. He leaves. And Rom and Cracks are left there. And they're very worried because Quark seems to be, uh, you know, handling this really well. And he's going to be popular. But he's also way.
2: giving away the best opportunities, yes. which is, which means they're thinking they will be left with nothing. So that yeah. is what they're thinking.
1: Well, I don't know if they both will be left with uh, – certainly Cracks will be left with nothing. I, right. I, I think Rom really only wants the bar right and and but you been already told, laughed
2: in his face though exactly you know, right? so exactly so yeah. he's
1: not going to get what he wants crack's no. not going to get what he wants no they they have a grudge against the new Negus. yeah
0: yes and Ron sure. explicitly says at the end of the scene that he needs a new plan to kill his brother which no again, question was shocking that he had shocking. this resolve i'm like what i know it's My very God. godfathery at this point oh yeah God. he's afraid uh, of him. Mm-hmm. okay uh, Cisco's quarters. Cisco's got a baseball, baseball glove. He's kind of tossing a ball, waiting for Jake for dinner. Dax enters and they talk about Jake here. And Cisco asks for advice. Dax says, "Go find him and bring him back to dinner." Cisco asks the computer to locate Jake, and computer says he's in cargo bay fourteen. Mm-hmm. So Cisco heads over to cargo bay fourteen. He goes in. He hears some voices. Kind of walks a little deeper. Uh, and there he sees nog and jake sitting on some barrels at a distance they don't see him but he sees them and they're basically jake is tutoring nog teaching him how to read teaching teaching him how how to read read. yeah and that's why jake wouldn't tell because he didn't want to embarrass nog
2: yeah
0: Yeah. um so so cisco puts all this together he's very touched clearly It's a very sweet
1: scene. And he
2: doesn't interrupt. That cool shot. He's he in the shadows and you just see his face back out. He's like, I'm yeah. done. Okay, my son is is an upstanding young man. I'm happy.
1: Yeah. Right. And it is also, I mean, not only is Jake doing the right thing, which is very important that Jake is in Ferengi language as a mensch. This is also the beginning of the arc, the incredible, wonderful, amazing arc for Nog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Nog is beginning to... to move away from from rangi culture into starfleet culture mm-hmm. which will eventually do wonders for him there is no character on our show that had as big an arc as nog does yeah mm. that's awesome that's beautiful mm-hmm. well we go to cork's quarters
0: next rom is preparing cork to head to the gamma quadrant to meet all these new business opportunities i guess go go there and and uh Rom asked Quark one last time if, if he would share some of the bar profits. And Quark's response is, well, this is the way it was meant to be. I was just supposed to have more than you. Hierarchy. 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 Yeah. And so Rom hears that and says, okay, let's go. And I love this last exchange. I do want to call out David Livingston's shop making here. As Quark leaves, we see Rom with a mirror behind him and we see quark in that mirror mm-hmm. and that's all there's no shot back to quark it's all played Off in the that. mirror yeah you see rom in the foreground and quark quark's reflection right uh over his shoulder beautifully shot really elegant and cinematic nice job uh, again yeah. david yeah and, and he probably asked for that mirror my guess is that yeah. the set didn't have a mirror yeah. usually we try to avoid i mirrors. don't think
1: we ever had a mirror yeah, yeah no. This was David was a
0: the Livingston, telling set designer. Mm-hmm. Put a mirror over there so that when Quark walks away, I can I can keep in Catch that one his shot. reaction there. It's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. D- I, David gets you know two thumbs up, ten stars yeah. for his direction on this. Really yeah. well done. Yeah. We go to the promenade. Quark's on his way to the Gamma Quadrant. He thinks about maybe taking a Dabo girl with him. Crack says no, you don't need it. And so they continue on. Cracks and before
1: you do another yeah. wonderful shot from David. He set it up so Mm -hmm. that we're talking about a double girl and there's just enough space so that we see the double girl in the distance That's right. she is part even as we're talking about a double girl one double girl is in the shot so we can actually see what they're talking about and and obviously he kept us apart so that you could see her in the background another Mm -hmm. I think wonderful shot by David Livingston yeah he did a phenomenal job
2: also, while this is happening, Odo kind of tracks uh Myhardu. My Myhardu's my, my walking around on oh, his yeah, own going into this in the, airlock. Yeah.
0: This airlock opens, do comes through, yeah. then it shuts. You see Odo walk up to the same airlock, but then, then he
2: turns into the goo <laughs> to get he into. Goes yeah. Yeah. The goo down below frame. Which
1: yeah. I don't understand that shot. I, I don't understand like why? that He's special doing that? effect. Why is he doing that? What mm. What? why, why he could just we open We don't the see door. him try to open it. We don't, yeah. and and it's an airlock. There shouldn't be any way for him to get sealed. through there. It's totally sealed I don't care how much <laughs> of right. is. Yeah. There's no way to get through an airlock. Uh, it's like they spent fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars on a special effect that I think is just worthless, is useless. Maybe David wanted one in the I think, think this was David's
2: one little photo of this know. entire
1: episode. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just thought but it why doesn't is make he doing logical. That? Yeah.
0: Push the yeah. button.
1: Meyer do just open the
0: door and he's shut it. Why can't place. you? Why do you have to turn That's into right. don't
1: show off, Odo? Just open the door <laughs> like everybody funny. else would. We do
0: go to this airlock corridor where Quark walks in and then they shut the door behind him and now he's trapped in this airlock. He's oh, like, yeah. what? Wait a minute, there's no ship here. He looks around and then he realizes they've trapped him inside this airlock. Rom says that Quark was going to toss him out of an airlock. And Quark says, no, I wasn't serious about that. I was that. just kidding. I was just yeah. kidding. Yeah. Uh, just as they're about to press the button. But before
2: they're about to press the button, there is yes. that same please that we heard in Move Along,
0: Little Doggy. Right. Right. Move and Move Along the, Home. Yeah. same gesture,
1: the same gesture.
0: Yes, the same gesture. Please. Is please. that like begging? Is that like a... Yeah, was that the Please. intention there? It, praying and begging, praying oh, and begging at the same that's time. Great.
2: It's that's great. It's pegging if you're praying and begging.
1: <laughs> okay, pegging. Yeah. That was pegging. I pegging. think
0: pegging something else, but not for this podcast. <laughs> anyway, okay, we go to uh, the the airlock corridor where Odo's arriving with the Grand Nagus. He didn't die. He all of those those uh, you know ashes and things. Yeah. were counterfeit. Those people yeah. need their money back. Yeah, because he didn't die so those hey, yeah. good luck on that <laughs> exactly the grand Vegas says he didn't die that it was just a test for his son and his son to failed. see if he's
2: ready right to, yes. to take over and he failed miserably
0: because what he should have done is just let quark run the show up front and he could have hung around the bar and gathered all the information about the camera quadrant but instead he failed so they're gonna go home
1: and um, i think that's actually good business advice yeah yeah I think that's actually good business advice. Let okay. somebody else take the blows while you sit in the back and run the show. Yeah. I, I think that's excellent business advice. Agreed. Well, I
0: will see when I get when I get your copy of the rules uh, of acquisition, Norman. <laughs> I will see if that. This is in there i don't think it is actually we can add it there's a new a new
1: uh a new yes. rule of acquisition okay exactly
2: as zek is admonishing his son cracks i just love when he says go back to the ship we'll be leaving here shortly and Cracks says yes father and after cracks leaves, zek's final line is it's like it's like talking to a klingon now <laughs> that's like... the line
1: that's yeah. the take that david and and the administration chose Oh. there's a much much better take one that put me on the floor I was laughing so hard oh my. It, it was a brilliant take and it, it it's so totally not Star Trek that they oh. couldn't use it but oh. when I saw uh, uh when I saw Wally do it I was beside myself in laughter it's the same line yeah but instead of sort of looking over to the side he looks straight into the camera broke the fourth wall <laughs> and said it's like talking to a Klingon, and and I just love that. It's like he oh, forget about the show. I'm just brilliant. talking to the audience. <laughs> it's like talking to a Klingon. Uh, and and they and David he, said we, we can't use that. We can't use that. He Basically, oh, Ferris Bueller
2: did right there, right into the camera. That's Oh right. my god, that's
0: actually really funny though. It was. It would have been amazing oh, if they had had the guts to to use to something use that, like that. Right oh my yeah. god oh. wow okay so we go there. to quarks we go back to quarks quarks giving the grand nagus back his scepter the nagus is very happy with how quark has done and he even says maybe i'll be able to come back one day and buy your place um, yeah <laughs> so that's a that's a compliment i guess you know yeah and the nagus thinks it's a good business um yeah. quark quark tells rom that uh he wants to promote him before he
2: said that he starts with saying he's like you know so rom you were going to toss me out an airlock huh so you think as the audience that this is the time where he's gonna he's gonna disown his brother right roms backpedaling he's like forgive me brother uh and Cork says forgive you why Brother, I didn't think you had the lobes, and you actually are impressed with the fact that he had some gumption. Yes. He had the, you know, the will to try to, you know, outdo you, which is amazing. Right. Yeah. So you promote him.
0: How did you feel about this plot, Armin? I'll be honest. I I didn't buy it. I I know that the Ferengi, and it's not the performance; it's the plot choice. It's this. It's right. a script problem to me. Right. I feel like there's, even though the Ferengi have hierarchy, I get all of that. But when someone has, you know, made an attempt on your life, it's got to give you pause. And
1: I, I anyway, it, I, I struggled with it, this. It does. It, it, it's, you know, it's supposed to be a comic moment and yeah. and we hopefully played it for its comic moment. Absolutely. But, uh, but you're right. It doesn't really make sense. It, it doesn't fit into Ferengi culture that they do hold grudges. It, yes, it doesn't play really It just didn't
0: well. ring true to me. I felt like there was an
1: opportunity to really go deeper into their brotherhood. Exactly. And they will in in episodes to come. Oh, good. And I think this is, you know, the writers, like the actors, are feeling their way. They're, they're trying to, yes. they still are influenced by the yes. Frankie from TNG. Mm-hmm. There's still the, there's, there's a number of things, uh, even in this episode, where I go, well, that doesn't track. It doesn't track. Well. I'm, I'll get to that in a moment. But, um, okay. so yes, this is, I think, one of those where, it's yeah. meant for comedy it's, totally. it's not meant I for think, rationality
0: yes. yes it felt like it, it again felt a little like a situation comedy like yeah wah, wah, look at all yeah. that crazy stuff we went through
1: yeah. you know punchline right As so none of that counted the same thing with move along home you you go through an episode all of this happens and then at the end you find out it doesn't count that it wasn't yeah. serious at all yeah. i think the writers are are going to do much better than that in the future i'm sure i have no doubt but you're absolutely right our very
0: last scene in this episode is on the promenade jake and nog are making plans to meet again i guess for this you know reading lessons and cisco calls us he he's jake and he calls him over and he gives him a hug kisses him on the head and mm-hmm. says you know you're a great boy go play with your friend i I almost teared up there. Yeah. The, that was the a, that authenticity was of point. that and the fathering that that Cisco the way he fathered and the way he showed respect
1: and love yeah. uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful.
2: Yeah, speaking about tearing up. I I almost teared up in the when he found him teaching him to read. That was the yeah. po- point that I got a, a, emotional for sure. But I also feel like that kiss on the head was not scripted. I'm gonna, I'm going to go on a, out on a limb and say that that was Avery's choice to do that, you know, Did and I, it, and it was a great choice.
0: Be. Really good choice. Beautiful. So, yeah, really beautiful. Especially for you know, a, a man, a father to yeah. kiss, to be that tender. Yeah you yep. know he's not punching him on the arm and going man up or something it's not mm-hmm. that kind of thing he's being tender
2: yeah and it really shows a three-dimensional character there you go the
0: nagus the nagus the end if i had to take all the stories and say what do they have in common mm. the lesson i took from all the stories is you can't Always assume that you know what's really happening. Like Cisco thought maybe there was trouble, but in the end he realized it was something beautiful, and uh, he didn't need to be worried. You know, Quark thought, <laughs> assumed that the Nagus was dead, and he didn't really know what was going on. He didn't know what Rom was planning. He didn't know a lot. So you know, uh, verify before you assume that you know what's the whole happened. story. The whole picture. the whole story. Right. Yeah, that that's my lesson here.
1: Ar- Armin, what is your lesson? Um, I wrote down navigating the waters of family politics can make for a stormy voyage. Oh, Oh. interesting. Hmm. That fits all the stories as well. It's about family all through this episode. There's the larger family of the Ferengi together and the smaller family of the Cisco's together. Hmm. And then there's, you know, the growing family of of Jake and, and and Nog. It can get bumpy. But, you know, if you get through it, you'll you'll eventually come to a nice place. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, just going to further what
2: your lesson was and never assume. Because if you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. That's what assume does. Mm-hmm. Okay. So no assumptions. So I, mm-hmm. I agree with you on that, Robbie. Great.
0: All right. Awesome. Okay, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. The negus Next week. We will be discussing and reviewing the episode Vortex. And for all our Patreon patrons, you know, uh, thank you so much. Stick with us. Your support means a lot to us, and we've got a lot of bonus uh, material that we uh, want to share with you. We we have questions. We do our ratings. We we talk about scenes that we think should have been in the episode. So if you're not a Patreon patron and you want to be a part of of all of that and hear what we think and, and and hear what the Patreon patrons are voting on and discussing and what they think. Uh, get involved, join Patreon at uh patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Become a part of this community. It's an awesome community and a a lot of lot of fun. A family, so, we might say. It is yes, like a family. It is a
2: Delta Flyers family. And on that note I'm gonna leave everyone with Zex laugh. <laughs>
0: He <laughs>